Boy, five and one sounds a whole lot better than four and two. It just sounds a whole lot better. Five and one almost sounds undefeated. It, it, it obviously doesn't, but it kind of almost does. It's like when you're five and one and that one is just, when you look back at the one and the one is like, man, if we had just done this or done that, it could be a six and no. Oh. It almost feels like undefeated when you're five and one. It just feels like, ah, with the, with the exception of just one little, one little, you know, faux pas, you know, we're, you know, undefeated. Of course, obviously that's not the case. But it just feels so good. Four and one, or excuse me, five and one feels so much better than four and two. And these Seattle Seahawks are five and one. What's going on, everybody? This is Robert English, your SoCal Seahawk, and thank you for joining me on this uh, edition of Short Yardage. Uh, I guess we'll call this the Week Seven uh, edition because I'm late, as usual. I you know, I apologize to any anybody out there who's listening. Anyone who who if I have if I have any true you know uh you know listeners any you know religious listeners people who keep you know who keep tuned in my apologies for not being a little more regular on these broadcasts uh but i get to it when i can because i'm busy kids man kids will do it to you make it hard to do anything that you want to do uh when it comes to kids but anyway, how about that game on Sunday morning, 10 a.m. West Coast time? The Seahawks were in Cleveland taking on the Browns and Baker Mayfield. And we did what we always do, which is give me heartburn. I don't know about you guys, but uh, they they do it to me every time. I said in the previous podcast that, you know, you really do need to be um, what I call heart healthy. You have to have a, you have to have a strong heart. You, if you, if, if heart disease or heart failure or, or, you know, anything like that, even high cholesterol runs in your family. Uh, it's dangerous for you to be a Seahawk fan because they're going to put your heart through it every single week. It looks like they did it again on Sunday against the Browns. Who would have thought now, did anybody think Seattle was going to go in and just beat the Browns down? We all wanted that. We all want to see our Seahawks go out there and just beat up on somebody who's obviously, um, you know, who are obviously better than. But did we ever assume that's going to happen? No, because it's not really RMO. But did you think we were going to be down 20 to 6? I didn't. And it didn't make me feel good to watch us go down 20 to 6. The only silver lining in that. Uh, is if you go back when you watch the game, you see how we get down big like that. And then the second half, we go and we score. I think we scored 18 unanswered points at one point, um, you know, to, to come back and take the lead and ultimately win the game. Um, and, you know, a whole lot of uh, praise to be given uh, across the board in, in that victory. Um, but at the same time, it's like, man, what did what did we have to do to turn the corner to just open up a game strong, you know, stay strong throughout the the the, the midpoint of the game and close it out strong? Just just go in there and just stronghold a team, beginning to end. When do we turn the corner and do that? I'm 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 looking forward to it. I got to tell you, I really am looking forward to it. When you go back and look at the game, though, it, 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 it if you look at it on paper. You, it, it reads as a good game. It reads as a good game. Now, the one thing, one thing we've got to figure out here is these early special teams issues. 
I don't know what it is about the beginning of the game, but on special teams early, we're 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 it's like like we didn't quite wake up. It's like kind of how you, when you get into a fight, the fight doesn't really ever start. Depending on the person, you know, sometimes you don't really ever get into the fight till you get hit in the face once, right? And then you're fighting. It seems like that that might be what what we're doing because it it's like we're not really ready to play until we we uh, win the toss and defer and kick it to the other team and uh, they darn near take the ball all the way back to the end zone. I mean, against the Saints, we punted from deep in our own territory, and that fast kid ran all the way back for a touchdown, set us back right off the bat. And when that kid from Cleveland um, re- returned that kickoff the very start of the game, I'm like, oh, my gosh, here we go again. Here we go again. They got down uh, uh, got down there deep in our, in our territory, and then uh, uh, Chubb was in the end zone a couple plays later. I'm like, is this how it's going to go against the Browns? Is this how it's going to go against the Browns? The, the, the 49ers, man. They Okay, so we'll get back to the 49ers. I'll, come, I'll circle back to the 49ers because that's a whole other conversation. But we've got to figure out um, how to get going faster uh, uh, or get going fast earlier. Um, you know, the, the breakdowns in the running game. I mean, if you look at it on paper... You know, it doesn't look so bad because, you know, with that, we gave up we gave up what looked to be um, some decent yardage on the ground. But if you take away Nick Chubb's big 50 something yard run, um, that that lowers that number um, quite a bit, you know, and, and his, you know, typically speaking, it's, it's, it's uncharacteristic for the Seahawks defense to give up big runs like that. Um, however, they've happened recently. Uh, with a little more frequency, and that's concerning. Um, it's definitely concerning, um, you know. But we, we we're finding a way to wrap it up at some point or another. Um, now we do get Jaron Reed back this week. Uh, segue. Uh, Jaron Reed comes back this week, and, and this is, I mean, to to, to say nothing else, um, it's somebody we need on the field. Um, in his in his first press conference after returning to the team, Jaron Reed said he was active the entire uh you know six weeks that he was gone um he, he trained hard you know now he's probably going to be out of football rhythm or foot you know not football shape but certainly the rhythm so i don't expect him to come out there and really just beat the world uh in his first game back but that being said uh jaron reed is a fixture of that defensive line and i think that only bodes well for for us being back now it's finally here there's that piece Right, Jaron Reed, uh, uh, Ezekiel Ansa, uh, Jadavion Clowney, and then we got you know two other guys that that they're doing really good, Al Woods and um, and uh, and uh, Jefferson. So um, I think I think um, that 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 front seven is gonna get uh, dangerous now with Jaron Reed returning. Uh, it's gonna be a big deal. Um, but we rushed for 170 yards as a team. Uh, Russell Wilson, 284 yards. I mean, we put up, we we we, we flirted with the 500 yard mark um, uh, at total offense. Um, you know, we turned the ball over once. Uh, CJ Procise, look, um, is the CJ? What do you think? Is the CJ Procise experiment over with? I don't know. Every single time I get ready to. Um, you know, condemn the guy or, or, you know, to kind of forget about him. Cause he hasn't really done anything that's really, you know, that, that really deserves condemnation. But every time I get ready to say, you know what, I'm over CJ Procise, he does something good. 
And then every time I get ready to relax about him, he does something bad or he has an outing where he doesn't do anything or he looks like he's just out of sorts and doesn't know what he's doing out there, getting stuffed behind the line of scrimmage because he looks, um, you know, indecisive behind the line. Um, you know, it just I don't know. But CJ Procise, we, we've seen enough fumbling from our running backs this season. We don't need, you know, Chris Carson already gave us our fill. We don't need CJ Procise. He only gets on the field for six, seven, eight, nine snaps a game, you know, uh, uh, to, to go and take one of them, one of those few snaps you get anyway, and put the ball on the ground, especially in a game where we certainly didn't have the game, you know, uh, uh, in hand. That could have that, that could have been a backbreaker for us, um, you know. Uh, so yeah, we we. CJ Procise, man, uh, I think we'd use CJ Procise, throw him the ball out of the backfield, get him into space, um, keep him keep him out of the space between the tackles, even though when he does good, he's good. When, when he doesn't fumble the ball, CJ Procise can run between the tackles. He can, but I'm not trying to have him fumble in the football. Um, you know, we, uh, we, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on with this team. Uh, it's every game. It's 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 close. We can't we can't pull away from these teams, um, and we're gonna need to do it. However, I will say this, and I've said it before. Um, it, I believe it's the mark of a great team, certainly a very good team, um, that can find a way to grind out wins. Okay even when you're not playing at your best. If you can find a way to grind out wins when you're not even playing at your best, to me, and, and you know, early in the season, to me, that what that says is that at some point or another, you're really going to find a groove, you're going to find a rhythm, and that time, that time frame, chances are it's going to be as we lead into December when, when, the, when the playoff chase gets on. You know, if you're finding you, if you if you were able to grind out wins when you haven't even really hit your stride, then then we can we can we can assume that at some point we're gonna find whatever our find our stride, whatever stride that may be. And when you're five and one, okay, we're nearly halfway through the season. We're grinding out games halfway through the season. We're grinding out wins halfway through the season, nearly, and we haven't even hit our stride yet. Now the now the, the flip side of that is if we never hit our stride is this is this type of type of um you know is this type of gameplay is this type of um you know um you know whatever it is we're doing is this sustainable it, can can we sustain uh our season like this and keep on winning games like this the answer has to be no right i mean you can't be letting every single team take you down to the wire sooner or later you got you got to beat somebody up you know, the, these down to the wire wins you want to say for the teams that are, you know, questionable, you know, teams that 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 like, are, are you or are you not the better team? You can't go into the games where you're where you're the you're the you're the consensus better team and have to grind it out, you know, in the uh, late in the fourth quarter. That that we have to get past um, this week coming up, we have a game against the Baltimore Ravens. Luckily, it's at home because, you know, going on the road is always. Eh, eh. But. Um, in Seattle at the clink, you got, um, you got, uh, the young kid, Lamar Jackson coming out, who is dynamic. If nothing else, the Baltimore Ravens are playing good football. They are putting up points. This, th this reminds me of a game against the Houston Texans a couple years ago and Deshaun Watson, 
uh, came in there as the young kid who was doing amazing things up against Russell Wilson. Who's going to who's going to steal the show? And Deshaun Watson went out there and played some football for four quarters. And it was only because, you know, Russell Wilson was able to, you know, and the defense. I think Earl Thomas had a pick in that game. Um, but, uh, you know, Russell Wilson was able to outshine the young kid, had just maybe a little bit more poise, you know, uh, uh, under 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 pressure. You know, and we and we won that game. And that was one of those what we would say is, uh, you know, uncharacteristic games for the Seahawks because, you know, we don't put up a lot of points except for when the other team does. It's so weird to me. If you if you if your team is only going to score 10, we're only going to score 16. But if you score 40, we'll score 44. I don't know why we can't just always score 44. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand it. Um but uh you know, maybe it's not from that that that's why I'm not the coach. That's why I'm just a SoCal Seahawk. Because uh you know, it's not my job. Of course, you know, if you want to, if you want to, you know, put me in, I'll, I'll be the Eddie. I'll be Eddie for the Seattle Seahawks. Remember that movie, Eddie, Whoopi Goldberg, she got to be the coach. I swear I could do it. I could do the job. I'm telling you, we'll go, we'll go. We'll, I'll, I'll take the Seahawks 13 and three into a first round bye. I'm telling you, I've been watching long enough. I know what this team can do. And, you know, I'll keep, I'll keep Pete and, uh, and Brian Schottenheimer, uh, on my, on my staff. Um, but, uh, you know, let me give me the head coaching spot and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get it to the promised land, Twelves. I promise you. Pun intended. Look, people, stop speaking of that segue. Stop blaming the coaches for what the Seattle Seahawks are, are doing or not doing right now. OK, I go on. So after every week, I go onto the interwebs. I'm on Twitter during the game. I'm watching what people are saying. I go on YouTube. I'm watching videos of people who are loudmouth, think they know it all, like myself, who make videos and podcasts and so on and so forth. I, I'm I'm listening to the podcast on you know the, the actual real podcast, um, and um, and uh, and I'm listening to what people say, and they are I'm I'm constantly hearing about the coaching staff this Pete Carroll that Brian Schottenheimer that Ken Norton that like give me a break okay as a Seahawk fan what do you expect to see out there on the field every Sunday or Monday or Thursday what what, what do you expect to see except for you know, uh, 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 52 guys out there, or I guess what the game day roster is, is it 40, 47 or 44 or something like that. But anyway, it's a, 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 a team that's out there putting forth their best effort. What more do you expect to see from that? Or what more do you expect to see than that? Right? This is not the 2013, 14, 15 Seahawks. Okay. It just isn't. So stop acting like until you see that again, you're just not satisfied. Look, I get it. It's tough to be on the top and fall and fall down from there. But listen, we are still, even as we speak, even last year, even the year before when we didn't make the playoffs for the first time in like ever, you know, we are still right smack dab in the greatest era of Seahawks football in this franchise's history. 
in the history of this franchise. Right now, this era is the best we've ever seen. Even now. We're in the middle of it. Yeah, we're, we're a few years removed from the Super Bowl, uh, from our, you know, our repeat uh, uh, Super Bowl bursts. Yeah, we're a few years removed, but this is still the same era. Pete Carroll is still the head coach. Russell Wilson is still the quarterback. Bobby Wagner is still our linebacker and the best linebacker in football. This is still the same era of Seahawk football, and this is still the best era you've ever seen. I don't care how old you are, since 1976 to, to, to uh, uh, October 16, 2019. This is, this, throughout that whole span, this era now is the best era you've ever seen by the green and blue. So stop trying to call for these coaches' heads because you, we're not going out there and looking like the Legion of Boom and the Marshawn Lynch time, uh, Seahawks. That's not us anymore. That team is gone. That team is gone. We're not going to see that team ever again. So stop acting like you're waiting for it to come back. Okay, this is a new team. This is a, this is a, uh, a, a new game plan, sort of. Game, game plan is not really this different, but... But it is because the personnel is different. It's not Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor back there. It just isn't. It's Brad McDougald. Okay. It's Shaq Griffin. It's Trey Flowers. Those guys aren't those other guys. And unfortunately, they're not as good. But we are five and one, people. You don't get any extra points for style. Okay. Get, win, winning the game all nice and pretty and cute doesn't get you an extra notch in the win column. Now, I know, I get it. I, it, it, it. It bothers me, too, that we can't go out there and just run rough sod over teams anymore, you know, like we used to. But listen, don't blame John Schneider. And you know what really cracks me up? I was watching this one video on YouTube, and these guys that are supposedly long-time long 12s and who are students of this Seahawk football game, and, and they... They're mispronouncing names like like are you like I don't know. I'm a snob, okay? But if you are talking about how you don't agree with, you know, the, the fact that we don't have the right players in the positions and blah blah blah, and you're gonna go out and you're gonna call out Brian Schneider. Um no, his name is his name is John Schneider. Um Brian would be Schottenheimer, who is our offensive coordinator. Like, get your names right. You know, look, I, and this is not, I'm not, I don't mean to attack 12s, you know, because, you know, you know, same team, same team, man, same team. But come on, get this stuff right. You know, it really gets me mad because I, when I listen to, to radio commentators and, and TV commentators, I watch this stuff or even on ESPN, I watch this stuff and I like, man, I could do that. I feel like, I feel like I could do that because obviously you don't really, apparently you don't need to know all the true details about the person. All you need to know is a couple of pieces of stat information and have a personality. That's all you need. And I'm chock full of that, sir. No, you, you, you don't, you don't need, apparently, because I, I hear mispronounced names or just getting names wrong all the time. I'm like, how are you, how are you on TV doing this? How are you getting paid to say the wrong thing? I was listening to the Cincinnati game and um, uh, I think this was not last week, but the week before. And um, uh, the the Cincinnati radio um, uh, announcer. So it, it was, you know, it was, it, you know how um, Seattle, the home of the Seahawks is, um, was it Cairo 710? At least it used to be. Um, uh, in Cincinnati, 
it, it's whatever channel they have, right? And um, <laughs> the radio announcer was talking about a play where there was a face mask called. And this guy, literally, I'm not exaggerating, not even the slightest bit. This radio announcer not only not only said the wrong thing about the face mask penalty as, as, as what it is, but he even went into detail about it. So he actually went into detail about and tried to educate the listener and was actually giving him the wrong information. He's saying, oh, there was a face mask called on one, or the other, one team or the other. And he goes, well... Well, let's just see. Let's see what the ref says, whether this is a five or the 15 yard type of, of, of face mask. And I'm like, huh? What, what, what are you five or 15? What are you what, what are you talking about, man? And, you know, and, and then and then he goes on to say, because, you know, you got to remember now, depending on what the referee says, <laughs> you know, if, if if he says that that he that he, that he grabbed the face mask and pulled it, then it's going to be the 15, 15 yard type. But if he. But if he just uh, grabbed it and let go or just grazed across it, it would only be the five-yard type. And his and his co you know his co-chair, his partner there, didn't even correct him. Maybe that's not appropriate to do when you know when your when your buddy in the booth says the wrong thing. Maybe you just kind of let it go and pull no punches. But um, but uh, I'm thinking in my head like this guy is he, he's he's the radio announcer for the NFL franchise called the Cincinnati Bengals, and he doesn't even know. That that rule changed, easily, what is it ten maybe more than ten years ago? There is no more five yard face mask penalty. I'm thinking like, what are you talking about? There's no more five yard face mask penalty. Every f- face mask is fifteen yards, brother. I don't know. I don't know. I, anyway, I've 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 digressed. I forgot what I was even talking about now. But um, yeah, look, stop stop trying to ha- call for the heads of Pete Carroll, the man who's brought us. That, that that's like that's like trying to call for the head of, of of Mike Holmgren. You don't dare you don't disrespect Mike Holmgren in conversation about about Seahawk football. You just don't do it. You wouldn't disrespect Paul Allen. You don't disrespect Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll made this team what it is today. He brought us to prominence, greatness. John Schneider. What who do you think had the key? Hand in bringing in the Richard Shermans and the and the Earl Thomases and the Cam Chancellors and the Brandon Browners and the Walter Thurmans, you know, and the Chris Clemens, you know, the Red Bryants, you know what I mean? These, the, the, uh, are you are you serious? The Bobby Wagner's, the KJ Wright. Are you kidding me? The, the these guys put these teams together. Now these players don't. These players don't appear out of nowhere and they don't come about come around every year. You know, but we we built a historically great team out of players who were afterthoughts and were mostly forgotten by other so-called experts in the league and we made it happen. And now because at this point when we're trying to do the same thing, keep the boat afloat and we're really doing it but because we're not 12 and uh, uh, 13 and three and 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 uh, 12 and four and getting the first round by what these guys aren't good at their job anymore. Why? Because you don't like a couple of the play calls that were run. Give me a break. Give me a break. Stay in your lane and enjoy Seahawks football. We may not. We may not win the Super Bowl this year. We may go one and done in the playoffs again. 
But that's that's football. That's why we play the game. You do what you do, you get better if you if you miss. All right, rant over. Um so I am very, very happy that we were able to get one notch under our belt against the St. Louis Rams. I did it again. God darn The Los Angeles Rams, um, before they went and got cute and signed Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, after all this talk about how the, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars had no intentions on letting him go and all this stuff, it was all smoke and mirrors. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is now a Los Angeles Ram, and that doesn't bode good for anyone in the NFC West. Um, because they now have what you might be able to say, you know, a very good, you know, defensive secondary. Um, uh, they're going to have the left and the right side pretty, pretty well locked down now. Um, yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, really makes this trip in December, uh, to Los Angeles, uh, really interesting to say the least. Um, I'll be at that game, uh, Seahawks Rams. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, Jalen Ramsey is a Los Angeles Ram and, uh, and that's a big deal. That's a big deal that, that could, that could sway things that could sway things in this division. Uh, the Rams do look very, very Eesh. They look yeesh. They don't look good. They don't look good. And I hate since I just just to talk about the pink elephant in the room. Okay, I had to go in and talk positive about the San Francisco 49ers this week, and it and it and it and it, and it, it hurt my stomach to do it. But the San Francisco 49ers look like they could be. They might be the best team. Truly, I mean, I know they got the best record, but they might just be the best team in the NFC. Now, they got a month, okay? They have one month to, to, to pad, you know, pad their uh, record as, as, as good as possible. Um, and then the Seahawks are coming to town, or are they coming to our house? One or the other. We're playing the 49ers in about a month. And um, that's the showdown, I think. I thought the showdown was going to be the Rams. I thought the, 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 the games that were going to matter the most uh, we're going to be against the uh, Los Angeles Rams, but uh, I would have been wrong because uh, the San Francisco 49ers are not only um, undefeated, but they're looking strong, strong, strong in their wins. However, the one thing I will say, and I was saying it last week, and due to the very, very poor play of the Los Angeles Rams, I feel like I'm not out of line by saying it again this week. Who have they played? Right? Who have they actually played? Because we were thinking, or I say we, I was thinking that, uh, you know, the 49ers, sure, they're, uh, they have a... Um, they have a a, a great uh, team, you know. Per you know, they have a good team. You know, they have a good team. They're winning some games, um. But really, who have they played? Well, let's go back and take a look at who they played, right? Um. So week one, they beat the uh the the Buccaneers, thirty one seventeen. We call that a gimme, right? Because it was the Buccaneers. But the Buccaneers, 
you know, beat the Rams. Right. So we're like, whoa, how now was that week one win over the Buccaneers? Does that mean a little bit more? Because the Buccaneers went out there and put up 50 on the Rams. Then they beat the Bengals. The following week, they put up 41 points. They put up 31, then 41 the following week against the Bengals. We think, okay, they beat the Bengals. Like the Bengals are no good, but we just barely inched by the Bengals. So does that mean the 49ers are better than us? Yeah, you know, it's it, it's week to week, right? Sometimes you don't, sometimes everything doesn't fire on all cylinders. You know, we grinded out a win maybe where we shouldn't have had to, but eh. Because until you prove you're the best, you're still, you know, you're still whoever you, whoever you are, right? The Steelers, well, hey, they edged out the Steelers the same way we edged out the Steelers, but they beat the Steelers. Okay, Steelers are no good. The Steelers are not a good team. We know that already. Yeah, we know the Bengals aren't a good team. Yeah, we know the Buccaneers aren't a good team. The Browns, they stomped the Browns into the ground. The Browns didn't even get in the end zone. The Browns did not get in the end zone against the 49ers. The Browns were in the end zone before the game even started against the Seahawks. Does that mean something? Eh, maybe. Maybe not. Then, okay, I'm saying wait till you play the Rams. 49ers, you go out there and you beat the Rams. <coughs> Excuse me. You go out there and you beat the Rams. All right. Then we'll have a conversation. So what do they do? They go out there and make the Rams look silly. All right, so the 49ers are good, but well, are they? Because the Rams looked like crap. Now, were the 49ers really beating the Rams or were were the Rams just, just, just a horrible team on that day? Jared Goff had like 49 yards at one point in the third quarter, like midway or even more than the third, uh, more than, uh, you know, uh, three quarters of the way through the third quarter, he had like 49 yards. I think he had like 79 yards in the day or something ridiculous. So did the 49ers beat the Rams or did the Rams just suck? Right? So there's there been, the, just, where every answer just comes another question. And then you go, okay, what do they got next? They got the Redskins. Forget about it, right? That's 6-0. and That's 6-0 and for the 49ers. They got the Panthers. Panthers could give them trouble. Maybe. Then they got the Cardinals. And then they got us. So on November 11th, I believe we find out what's really going on with the 49ers. Hopefully they're not undefeated by that time. You know? Or maybe hopefully they are. And hopefully we only have one loss still at that time. And, uh, you know, the winner of that game will uh, take over uh, first place in the division. That'll be a game for first place in the division. Possibly. Possibly, right? Let's look at our schedule, though, because um, I don't know that we have it so easy. Uh, We have the Ravens on Sunday. Uh, Lamar Jackson's team comes in looking very strong, looking very strong, dynamic. Um, We have, for the most part, done well against mobile quarterbacks, um, ones that can run and throw and throw on the run and all that good stuff. But the... Ravens um, look to be tough. The Ravens look to be very tough. Lamar Jackson leads the team in rushing. Um, but um, that that's besides the point, right? 
um, you know, they, they have they have a strong team. You know, at some point you might say, well, your quarterback is your leading rusher, so no big deal. Well, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. And Mark Ingram is is no slouch. You know, he's not the guy that he was when he was drafted by the Saints. But uh, he's a good running back. And when you got to pay attention to that quarterback running the ball, it's kind of like how we had in Seattle. When Russell Wilson was such a threat to run the football, Marshawn Lynch always had somewhere to go. Always had somewhere to go. So it's going to be a uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup there. Very interesting matchup. After the uh the Ravens, okay? We go to the Falcons. The Falcons look the Falcons look bad. But that's a trip to Atlanta. That's a trip to Atlanta and who knows there, right? Then we come home against the Buccaneers. Buccaneers, we know at least they have the ability to put up 50 like they did against the Rams. And that was in a game, that was a game where the Rams were putting up points. I mean, that was a 50-something to 40-something game. It wasn't like they, you know, that wasn't like the Rams totally didn't show up. They that, that was a shootout. They were Jameis Winston went out there and shot it out with, with Jared Goff. So it's questionable. It's questionable. We we have a, a certainly a harder, I don't know how much harder, but it's a harder road ahead of us than the 49ers do. And then we got the Niners on 11-11. That's going to be a big game. It's going to be a big game. Prime time! Monday Night Football. All right. I have done enough yelling at you people. I do appreciate you uh, tuning in and listening to my nonsense. As always, I thank you. Please make sure you check us out. Uh, Seattle Sports Union at seattlesportsunion.com on the web at Seattle Sports U on Twitter at Seattle Sports Union on Facebook and uh, Seattle Sports Union on, on, on the old YouTube. Check us out. All things Seattle sports from the mist to the Mariners. And of course, of course, the Seattle Seahawks. Get the my, myself, Abraham DeWeese, and the rest of the team are unlicensed professional opinion about all things Seattle sports. And of course, the Hawks. And uh, make sure you like and subscribe this podcast, Short Yardage. Uh, catch me at shortyardage.podbean.com. Um, you can see the list of podcasts there. Add the RSS feed to your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts. And... Uh, Yeah, subscribe and stay tuned. This is Robert English, your SoCal Seahawks, signing off. Go Hawks!